Right, I think I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Right, so welcome to another episode of the Beard of Fan podcast. As you know, the world has changed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's a lot going on around the world. Here in South Africa, things are getting close to being a lockdown. Anyway, I decided to, obviously, it affects the podcast in some way, and I've decided to uh, pivot a little bit and start doing more podcast uh, conversations uh, with people, and I'm touching base with my mates around the world, finding out what's going on, how's it, how the coronavirus has affected them, and they're also uh, introducing me to some of their friends, so I'm meeting new people, as usual, which is great for me because I'm really enjoying that. And I'm going to be bringing you some of their stories uh, over the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Who knows how long this is going to be. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. And here's an episode for you. Uh, it's total lockdown, eh? Well, who knows what, what that the mean? impact that's going to be. Pretty grim, I think. Yeah. So anyway, so you, uh, Anton, you're based down in um, Grahamstown, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And what's your what's your main gig that you do? I'm at the university here. I'm right. an associate professor in the drama department. And oh, I teach okay, cool. writing. Okay. So I mean in the drama department I teach writing, but also there's an MA in creative writing as well, and I'm also a writer myself, so that's kind of where my passion lies. And we run a small meditation center here as well, like a Buddhist Tibetan center where so we run mindfulness courses and things like that. Uh, this year I'm on sabbatical. Okay. So I'm doing research specifically about improv and mind. So I'm interested in where they meet and um, uh, different kinds of improv, comedy improv, but also music and movement performance and i've done a couple of interesting retreats so far i was supposed to go to berlin now last week for yeah. uh, quite a few months to interview people there and do a lot of improv workshops and festivals but that whole thing is yep not happening yeah, so I, I was, I was, yeah i was right on the cusp it was like literally i was supposed to fly last monday so i could have still gone i could i mean i was still planning on going pretty much on the sunday although things were tightening up then there were the big speeches, and then Germany also shut down, and Cyril's speech on the Sunday at five o'clock. So it was like uh, really on the cusp. I even, but I did sort of think of going anyway, and just sort of sitting yeah. out and listening mm. to be in a country under siege. But anyway, <laughs> I did, took all the good advice, and I just got in a city liner back home, and yeah, so I'm over sure. here now. Yeah. So I mean, how does that impact your? sabbatical and the work that you were planning to do i mean do you have to postpone that or how does it work <clears throat> well on the one hand it's um yeah well everything was cancelled um there's another one coming up end of april that hasn't been cancelled yet so and i'm still sort of tentatively hanging in there i haven't got the refund on the airbnb and i've I got a voucher for the flight I mean, yeah, okay. it's probably not looking great, but I'm hoping to go a little bit later in a month or two. But already, I'm, I'm, I had, a, I had some interviews lined up for this week, and I'm going to go ahead with them on Skype. So I'm going on to anyway Skype. be interviewing. 
same people I was going to be talking to from tomorrow and on Friday. And I've also joined a, um, an improv class on Thursday nights in Berlin that I was was going to be involved at this theatre or at least participate there. And they so I just today joined their class. So I'm going to go anyway. So it's, everything is just shifted on online. Yeah, yeah. Those things. Yeah, I suppose in a in a situation like this, you got to try and make the most of uh, of what you can do. And I suppose technology helps us, uh, you know, do these kind of things. I mean, you can still, like you're saying, you can still have those those conversations with those people you plan to overseas, just with a you know with a Skype call or Zoom call mm. or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's not a lot. <clears throat> Yeah, no, no, a lot of things. It's been quite a busy week. Other things have kicked in because our mindfulness um, things have been cancelled, but we've now moved yeah. online. And there's a, the, the national facilitators all over the country are offering a daily sit at seven o'clock. So there's actually more than ever. Before it was once a week, but now we've yeah. got every day at seven o'clock. Somebody's leading something and, and somebody else is doing a yoga in the morning. I'm going to start that tomorrow morning. Check that out. It's in Joburg. So there's actually, it's quite busy. There's like a lot of stuff happening that I wasn't doing before. Like, I mean, I know it's a, it's, it's a rough situation for a lot of people in the economy and we haven't really, it hasn't even properly kicked off here yet. But I, I, I mean, for, for me, staying at home is my favorite thing. It's like, I just love it. I just love like, like yeah. a day in which you don't have to leave the house. It's just yeah. brilliant. We, you don't have to worry about when you eat or when you wash or when you brush your teeth or you can just sort of do things when you need to do things. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I've been I having a great time. I do enjoy that too. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> Bit of a delay. Are you saying? Um, yeah, no, 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 I think I said what I was, yeah, I was just saying I'm really, uh, I feel bad for like enjoying it because I know it's like, it's tough and whatever, yeah. but I've been, yeah, because I was at the, at, with, with the Mama City Improv, there's an improv festival in Cape Town that was going on as as things were shutting down over there. It was probably the last theater that was, um, had its lights on. All the other places were closing down and all these people from overseas, it was their last improv show that they were for a long time from Canada and Australia and UK they were doing their last show for like the foreseeable so I came back so I've been kind of quarantining because I was in touch with people from Germany and in a theater and so I haven't had any symptoms it's been one week now but I thought I won't leave the house for, yeah. for two weeks or so but okay. um, yeah well I mean I mean I'm not uh, I'm, uh, yeah I'm not like restless about it I really enjoy it being at being at home yeah sure me too uh well because i mean you know i do uh, <clears throat> i work for a corporate and um on the it side so i can do say 90 percent of my job remotely anyway and uh, the fact that we like uh i'm working from home indefinitely well not indefinitely until further notice it's been awesome because i uh, i'm a lot more productive like you say i mean i can get up at up was five in the morning. I don't have to shower. I don't have to do. I can go turn my computer on straight away. Start grafting, maybe at nine, nine o'clock. Maybe have some breakfast or whatever it is. You know, it's just. Was, you're saying half past five, like that's a good time to get up. You know, you can get up at half past five. <laughs> Great. What are you talking about? I've been getting up at eleven. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Well, you know, the 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 problem is I've got meetings at half past eight at least. So, so I need to. Um, 
you know, at least uh, get going early in the morning. Well, it's just that I think, you know, I think different people are, some people are morning people, some people are, are, are night people. I'm actually a bit of both. I can uh, operate very well in the morning or operate pretty well in the evening. But like in between, you know, I'm like a little bit restless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I and I mean, the university, uh, what's, what's the university like? With yeah, no, the- it's all, all shut down, all closed. Um, mm. There was, I think there was, I mean, I haven't been that actively involved, but I mean, obviously the staff WhatsApp group and I'm seeing the emails and things. Um, a lot of meetings about how to shift things online, very rapidly having to learn some new technology, but platforms that are available and ways in which one can do it. And uh, I think it's particularly tough for something practical like drama that's like a physical embodied kind of thing in a space. It's going to be hard to teach the practical stuff like voice and choreography and physical performance stuff online. So I'm not sure what they're doing. But there was there was a end of term, I think, was next week. So they basically just shut down two weeks before yeah. end of term, cancelled grad. It's going to be quite a long break. And then... Um, have to see what the situation is when they get back but i think they're, yeah. um, they're looking for ways of yeah moving everything online it's going to be yeah. a new world eh? absolutely get out of it yeah but it's amazing i was i was, I was uh, when i was chatting to alex yesterday i was saying that um it's so funny that how over the last say two years we've become made very conscious about our time that we spend on our devices and how we connect with people, you know, the fact that we have less and less face-to-face conversations and all that kind of stuff in a way, like for myself, I've been like, become very like conscious of that and saying, okay, well, I need to put my phone down. I mustn't spend hours and hours on social media or WhatsApping yeah, people. Yeah. And whatever. now all of a sudden we've got, we've got no choice. <laughs> and thank goodness for the technology, you know? Yeah. It's, it's being encouraged that it's like a, it is a weird uh, thought or mindset that a person's presence can be poisonous or dangerous, that somebody's presence yeah. of getting close to somebody is actually like something to be cautious of. Yeah. I mean, already there has been that divide and splitting. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We've been encouraged to say, no, you're a medium person and it's a different thing and all the rest of it. Now it's suddenly like, thank goodness we've got the, <laughs> the platforms that we can use. Yeah. So I think I think I think my teenage daughters are very happy because well, this is the only way they can connect with their buddies now is with WhatsApp yeah. and yeah, TikTok and all that kind all of the, stuff. Yeah. All the all the homeschool my sister's doing homeschool and friends. I mean for them nothing's much has changed. They're just like Yeah, exactly. Another day. Yeah. But I saw a funny um thing from my sister in law, who's my brother moved to Germany last year, and the sister in law and she said this is he's got two little girls. And she posted something on Facebook saying, oh, the homeschooling is off to a good start, although two students got suspended and the teacher got sent home for drinking on the job. It's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, have you connected with them in Germany and find out how things are going on that side? Yeah, once in a while. Still, yeah, we've got like a family WhatsApp thing going. And it's, yeah, people are, are, are super, I mean, they, they're very like... Um, efficient and, and whatnot and they obey the law and all that this sort of German mindset I guess but but there's a lot of fear you know I'm speaking up like a lot of anxiety and nervousness and people are really knuckling down and 
uh, there's a nobody's in the streets. There's a, there's a strong directive just not to leave your house, yeah. just to stay in. <clears throat> and I think, I mean, uh, if I look at all the figures, I mean, I think all of us, I don't know about you, but every day, at least once a day, checking the updates on, our, yeah, on sure. whatever. So, they, so the German situation is kind of interesting. They've moved very quickly and they've got the lowest deaths out of anybody that I can see. So something about the way they're handling the, the patients or the cases is to their advantage. And they're also slowing down already with the, the um, Infection, this exponential right? thing. You know, when things started yeah. kicking off a week ago. And not just looking at 100 more a day, but each day it's more than it was the day before. I think in Italy it still hasn't peaked yet. Whereas yeah. I think in Germany it's kind of plateauing. It's, they're still getting like a thousand cases a day, but that number of cases a day isn't going up. Yeah. But I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, Germany is uh, is fairly high up there with the, with the numbers in terms of oh, yeah. infections. Yeah, yeah, no, it's right, right underneath uh, Italy. It's like twenty-five thousand now, or America's taken over. It's like that leaderboard. It's like oh, this thing because there's numbers involved. Oh. I mean, everybody gets on board. It's kind of competitive almost. Seeing <laughs> the number of cases yeah. in and the number of people cured, and because so, you're right. I've just know. I've just checked now. It's uh, at the moment it's twenty-eight thousand seven hundred confirmed cases, but. The, the the mortality rate or the death rate is only 0.4 percent. So that's like you say, that's quite impressive in terms yeah, of how it's Italy was about six <laughs> percent, uh, six or something. It was or five percent. It was up to eight high. now. Yeah, I think they wow. think they're getting close to to eight now because I think they um, geez, I mean they were reporting hundreds of people that had passed away as a result in one day. I mean it's scary stuff. Yeah. And also when yeah. the hospital's full and people have to stay at home, they can't get the ventilators and things. I think then it yeah, gets worse sure. if all the capacity has been used up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you say, for the, I mean, all the industries that are affected <coughs> by this, I mean, the entertainment industry is probably one of the biggest ones. I mean, whether it's local music or like in your case, theater or anything like that, comedy shows, that kind of thing. I mean, they directly affected like, from you know from hero to zero yeah everything to do with performance and with uh, people getting together i mean there also yeah a facebook update i saw from katie shoot who was one of the performers and presenters of the workshops in cape town she sort of was said a center thing out to the performance community about what are some strategies because she and the opening line was something like well she's just gone from earning pretty well to nothing in a few days it was yeah. like literally over the weekend friday everything was set up monday everything was shut down so all that she's an independent artist you know and she's and, but, and in a country like the uk where they could probably still support people that are doing that i think over here it's going to be pretty dire i mean who's going to and then the small businesses i mean she's the little coffee yeah. shops and the places in town here i can't see them making it with a few weeks without Customers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so so you said you've like basically self-quarantined yourself for what for the last week, eh? Yeah, I think I've got another week to go before I'm convinced that I'm kind of a right. <clears throat> I used to also play some guitar of the weekends at this old age home, but I didn't do that because I thought, geez, just in case, yeah. go there and wipe out a whole room full of old folks in like one. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be, yeah, wouldn't want to be that guy, huh? 
Yeah, you know, like in the comedy shows, they say, oh, yeah, I really killed tonight. I don't want to, like, go out and do that. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think, yes, yeah, I don't know what's, I mean, in, who knows in a week's time? I mean, in the last week has been so crazy. And in, in the next week, oh, well, we, we, we're chatting here, right, while the president is talking. So yeah. things could, and uh, it might be, I think my wife is um, saying, or well, her thing that she's been sort of predicting a little bit for a while is that there's just like a shutdown of a few months where we won't be able to leave the house and that might mm. might get to that. It is like literally yeah. a period of two months where you've got to live in what you've got. Well, let's hope uh, for once our government has made the decisive decisions um, timelessly so that uh, they actually catch it quick enough. Because, I mean, fortunately, we've had a bit of time on our side in terms of us being able to watch the other countries and how how, how it's progressed and the measures that they've put in place. So I think we've fortunately got a bit of time on our hands. And if we make the decisions uh, at the right time, then maybe we might be able to um, contain it quick enough. But who knows? Yeah, I guess. Well, our, the numbers are still a little bit lower. It, it went, it, it had quite a jump today of over yeah. 100, 120. Yeah, 100. It's to, yeah, it's up to 402 now at the last check. That's from 274. Talking, I mean, so there is, uh, I think there is still a little bit of um, laxity. Like what you were talking about, the students. I just read in the local um, newspaper or so there was an incident with a student coming back from America who wasn't quarantined, who just went straight back to his thing and he, and he refused to be put on a quarantine. He had to, uh, you know, had to get the police there and forcibly take him off to, to the hospital to put him into isolation because he just mm. sort of said no, it's fine, he feels good. So there's a little bit of so there's but there's a bit of there are, there's a strong response from the kind of civil authorities to not let people get away with um, yeah deciding for themselves if they want to be quarantined or not. Yeah, um, I I heard a story today. There was some guy I don't know where it was, same kind of thing. He was told that he had to quarantine himself, and he decided to go out to a nightclub. And they caught him, and I think they fined him half a million rand. Wow. Okay, not, in this, not in this country. It's in some uh, overseas country. I'm, I'm not too sure where it was, but <coughs> the guys are taking it seriously. I mean, the authorities are, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't know if you saw on on, uh, on TV there the spring break, which is currently supposed to be or is happening in, in, in the U.S. I mean, the students are like, yeah. They still want to go out and party and all that kind of stuff. They're like, not really taking taking it seriously. That whole Fort Lauderdale scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh well, this oh, is. Yeah. 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 Well, that was originally. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's also been a real shift in thinking, like how, because um, originally the British approach was, well, just let people get it, let the let the strong people. Be the, just protect the people who are not so well or old, and let the, let the young people just absorb it and move and get the immunity and so on. But that changed very quickly in the yeah. when Europe took a different stance. It's yeah. actually yeah, it's quite incredible how quickly the mindset changed because and, and even sort of a little bit of uh, shaming on Facebook and the idea that you're a killer if you're not responsible or you could even if you're young you can go out and pick your grand or something like that. Yeah, it's like it really moved quickly. 
from people thinking it's like a bad thing to panic or it's a bad thing to be hysterical. Oh, come on, don't, don't like freak out to it's not such a great thing to be two children artists and to pretend it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, well, I've, I have to say the mindset change for me was Cyril's um, address last last weekend. Because, I mean, I was saying, okay, be cautious, but don't panic kind of thing. And I was still like, uh, you know, I'm not too sure. At that point, I wasn't too sure what all the panic was about. Because I hadn't really taken the time to go and read up and see why they were so worried about this virus in particular and not the others, uh, more so than the others. And it was... I think it was after Cyril's address where he said, okay, he's closing the schools. I was like, okay, that's quite a drastic move. Okay, let me go check out what's going on here. And that's when I, okay, understand now why, they, why they're so panicked about this virus mm. yeah, over the others. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's not easier to, to get it. It's more quickly transmitted than uh, SARS and yeah, the other ones. Yeah. yeah. And they say that it's, 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 it's deadly, but not too deadly, if you know what I mean. It's like sounds like a, f a funny thing because they were saying with the other viruses, um, you know, they were like, let's say they were um, difficult to transmit, but they were quite deadly. The problem was that, you know, for the virus itself, it couldn't um, transmit quick enough before the host, sorry to say, the host passed away. So, okay. So, you know, even though it was highly, highly, um, it was deadly in a way, it was difficult to transmit. So, but it, so it just died out. And the cripples, the yeah, person. yeah. So this one is 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 fairly fairly contagious, and fairly deadly. So it's like almost like a a, a deadly mix between the two, two, mm. you know, the two factors that. <coughs> and also, I was reading that it's mutating. I mean, it's changing as well. Or, mm. I mean, the fact that it moved from animal to human was already yeah. a mutation, and then it was a yeah. while before it could go from human to human. That because that also was an evolutionary step in its whatever life uh, cycle. Really? So okay. already, so and it's changing all the time. I mean, so it could also so the fact that it doesn't affect young people or doesn't kill them could also change in a month or two. It might have developed that um, capacity yeah, capability. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. And I mean, the fact that, yeah, and the fact that they've never seen it before and so they don't know exactly what the what the circumstances are or <coughs> what ins and outs are, what temperatures it, it thrives in and what it doesn't thrive in. You know, it's mm. like many unknowns. Eh? But yeah. to put another little controversial thing in the pot, my friend David, in, who I saw in Cape Town, he's... Uh, scientist who was going to, he was on his way to Harvard to run a workshop there, and I mean I'm just giving credentials because well he was saying for him um, he blames the anti-vaxxers, the anti-vaxxer soccer soccer moms for this thing oh, because right. there's a I mean there, there there has been a push to develop a universal vaccine. There are people working on a universal flu vaccine for all flus, which would cover this yeah. one as well, but right. because pushback and there's that whole move of anti-vaccination. It's not, yeah. It hasn't been such a popular option, so people don't always. There hasn't been as much money. You know, people. The money goes to what people wanted, what 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 can sell, and if, and yeah. immediately if there's a little bit of a negative vibe, it's like mm, okay, maybe we won't go in, into vaccination or put the money into that. Whereas if people had seen that as a priority in the last ten years and been pumping money into research, <coughs> the labs would have been ready 
and the, it would have been much quicker to work on a vaccine if they hadn't worked one out already. Yeah, so that sure. was like a um, dig there against the sort of anti-science folks. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I don't know if you if you uh, uh, follow much about um, you know the the conversation about social media and how social media is abused to drive those sort of agendas um, with the ex- anti-vaxxers. Um, I think there was a study that was done in the U.S. where um, they they found out that uh, uh, particular groups were using Twitter as a vehicle to um, sway the sentiment mm. regarding uh, vaccine or not vaccine, um, uh, you know, like creating fake accounts and and just driving that narrative on on Twitter, which is which is actually yeah. quite scary in itself. Yeah, it's, I mean, I that's one the thing about them making it. Uh, that was also something from Ramaphosa's speech last week, saying that uh, it will be like a crime, like spreading fake information about this is deadly. It's like mm. absolutely. It's also kind of an interesting move how it's possible for people to really get together like around an issue that's but and also because it's urgent and sudden and immediate and happening now but even if you've seen those articles about why isn't this kind of action possible with climate change or something that's also absolutely irrefutable even though it's taking a little bit longer it's not an immediate thing from this month to the next month but all the yeah. governments are dragging and it's like, oh yeah, whatever, the economy, this and that. But now they don't, the economic thing is like the second thing to think about, like deal with this and then we'll sort out the economy or maybe we'll have to rethink capitalism or try yeah. to help people that haven't got anything. But this is the wagon problem. Let's just like deal with the health thing. So imagine they had that approach. Oh, well, maybe this could be uh, the start of thinking that something really deadly and, and that's a threat to all life on earth could be taken seriously and actually extreme. Yeah step could be taken to yeah. do something. Yeah, I think, I think I think with this whole, you know, the whole virus thing is, is it's so close to home and, you know, people, someone knows someone that's got it and yeah. someone someone that's perhaps maybe sadly passed away or something like that. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more in Famous your face. Because, yeah. Well, and I mean, this is the thing is that uh, this is, bit of an anecdotal spin-off from this is that um, in some areas where there has been a lockdown that um, the um, pollution has started dropping. Yeah. Yeah. As an example. Yeah, but they said the lockdown could save a million lives in China. A million people a year die from uh, respiratory illness because of air pollution. Yeah. And the lockdown has immediately just cleared up the whole landscape, the whole area is clean again. So there's going to be like hundreds of thousands of people surviving, not just the the, the hundred thousand or what they've got eighty thousand cases from the actual yeah. sickness. Mm. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's fascinating. But like you say, it's amazing how something like this changes people's perception and other other issues, which are probably larger issues, long more long term issues. Um, people just seem to just drag their feet and you know not you know governments and people and so on it's it's very interesting how the how the human mind works there yeah and it's very much i think it's because because the numbers are involved it's it's easy and it's ongoing immediate and it's quantifiable and whenever numbers are involved there's a little bit of a competitive element and then countries are competing with each other 
Like it doesn't matter if it's if it's money or sports or we got the highest or the biggest or the fattest or the whatever. But you got some numbers on the on the leaderboard, and you're going to have people going, "Oh, we can do better." And, and it's there's something to measure something against something else. So something to do with that. You know, there's a mindset around uh, numbers rather than um, sentiment or yeah. know, feelings or I something like that. More tangible. Yeah, more tangible. Yeah, it's measurable. Something that's very clearly measurable and uh, we can define sickness and death as bad things. We can, you know, it's very easy to comprehend and grasp, you know, to like agree with it, to have an opinion about it. You can, it's just very straightforward. And so something about that has driven this, which is, which is interesting, psychology of it and the peer pressure and how thinking changes around, uh, yeah, world leaders also not wanting to be shown up by other world leaders and wanting to mm-hmm. step forward. And and it was because it has been an example of um, how countries are structured. I mean, like, I mean, we all know, you know I mean, Trump has been a disaster from day one, but just the thing of him handling it in this very abstract way is just somehow influencing his um ratings and whatever, talking about people, like he made that, he said that thing about when the ship came in, he didn't want the ship to dock because he said, oh, that'll double my, I don't want to double my numbers. There were like a thousand cases. He didn't <laughs> want like, I don't want to double my numbers. Like I don't want to have 2,000 cases. <laughs> yeah. But not letting, but it's a, and, and, and not um, getting the kits out and things like that. But it, yeah, it shows how people govern, how they re, how they run their the countries, I suppose, as well. Yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. So we're changing the subject a little bit. So changing the subject a little bit, you're into the sort of mindfulness meditation sort of uh, community. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, So, I mean, just, you know, to help people out there, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of anxiety around people's jobs being affected, people that are like in the entertainment industry that are, you know, all of a sudden that, you know, their income's dried up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what's your, what's your advice when it comes to meditation and mindfulness in terms of dealing with those kind of things for people on a personal level? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, giving I'm advice, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm in a position to sort of advise people or, Oh, well, I, mean, that, I think that the mindfulness uh, philosophy or the mindfulness idea is to the, the most important thing I think is to face the truth of what's happening. I mean, Rob Nairn, who, who was my teacher, brought it to South Africa. His definition of mindfulness is knowing what's happening while it's happening. So something's happening, and to be aware of it. So if you're not, and the, the problems start to be created when we deny what's happening, what's happening in our internal environment, how we feel, uh, our emotional states, if we, if we have a disturbed emotional state, like we're feeling angry or or jealous or some kind of a thing that disturbs our equilibrium, or if it's an external thing that's happening. So the, the first step is to acknowledge and to accept the situation. This is really what's happening, <clears throat> not to try to suppress it or run away from it or disguise it or paint it in a different light, but to really fully because only then can you really give an effective response to it. And also there's there's less anxiety then, I think, if you accept something. 
like um, I've heard it said, I mean, like the thing with uh, trauma, people in people facing actual threats often have less trauma than people who are facing imaginary threats. So people that have it's like, like you have a mental threat or a fear or an anxiety that is limitless because your imagination is limitless and you start thinking about what could happen and what might happen and how things could be and what they think of me or all these kinds of uh, like small things growing up that can be a major trauma in your mind that can un un unhinge you. Whereas if there's a real threat, like a, like a famine or a, or, a, or a disaster, then there's often something you can do. There's something you can you can counter, you can do something to, to what, what, what is the best thing to do in that situation. So I think that's the one thing with the mindfulness way of uh, thinking, with the theory of mindfulness, if you want to call it something like that, <coughs> is really is accepting the situation. And the way we do that, or in, in the practice of, of sitting, where you're sitting for 10 or 20 minutes and you're, you're just allowing your mind and you're allowing your emotions to be present and to be aware of them, to be present for whatever it is that's coming up in you. So if there is anxiety that's there, it's not to try to get away from it. <clears throat> I think we all have a tendency to really hit the Netflix hard now. I know in the last week <laughs> I have to sort of get entertained to like get away from our own thoughts about things. <clears throat> but really valuable, I think, even for a short time to just be aware of how we're feeling about stuff and to let it be there. Because the thing with something like anxiety, <clears throat> it's... Um, it's not a permanent state of being or like all states of mind, things come and go. It's like they, they, we have these patterns and these cycles and, uh, you know, we get, we have, we create our own weather patterns as well, but things come and go. And what Rob was often said is that the, the only reason that things persist is, well, things only stick around or persist or don't go their natural course when either we obsess about them, we keep on coming back repeatedly to think about something that we like, for example, we would like this feeling or thoughts and we want it to always last, or if we reject it, we suppress it, we don't want to know about it, like we have an uncomfortable feeling, but we don't like feeling that way, so we try to think, look on the bright side, think positively, don't, don't, don't be depressed, and we also like pushing away. So whenever we're trying to artificially manipulate or uh, through our kind of mental willpower, Try to force ourselves to feel a certain state that's when we cause problems for ourselves that's when we create like a shadow self or we create something that just keeps coming back or that thing that we obsess about that we want to hold on to the the, the, the nature its quality changes it's not yeah. that enjoyable anymore you know when you eat 30 chocolates it's not as great as that first chocolate oh, you want more you want more so that kind of obsession with wanting things to stay in a, in a good state oh why are things changing now everything was going so well or not wanting things to be uh, uncomfortable or difficult, both of those are uh, unhelpful strategies for, I think, for coping with difficult situations. So the mindfulness practice, yeah, basically it, just in short of uh, just taking a few breaths or a few minutes a day <clears throat> to really check in with um, how we are and to really fully embrace or accept this is the truth. This is what's happening. And this is how I'm feeling about it. And not wanting to force a change, not, not thinking I should feel different, I should be different, but really accepting how it is we are feeling. And only, I think, in that state 
can it be allowed to, after displaying itself, that it does change, that it does, it does actually dissolve, it does dissipate, we get a broader view, we get a slightly bigger view, it's not a bigger view in terms of time, that this isn't going to be like this forever, even if things get really bad, even then it's going to be, it's not the whole of our lives, and also geographically, there's there's many opportunities, I think, to to really connect with other people, and like what we're doing now, like you're saying with the, the online media, and we're having these daily mindfulness sessions, and internationally, we're aware of um, other family, friends, but other human beings in other countries. So there's real opportunity also to really um, develop our fellow feeling, I think, uh, yeah. empathy and passion and so on. So there are ways to approach the situation that are not uh, defeatist, that, that we don't necessarily have to be um, yeah, traumatized or incapacitated or um, driven into a state of, of, of fear because of, of difficult situations. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. Because, I mean, they said uh, it's either going to bring out the worst in people or the best in people, and hopefully it's going to bring out the best in people. Yeah. We'll pull so, together rather than, you know, push one another away. And we have to, it's, it's a threat for all humanity. So it's, so we really do have to cross those boundaries of country and nation and race and all those other things, divisions, and get on board, get on the same team. What can, and also the rich-poor divide definitely is going to change economics and money because the, the system can't last, I don't think. I do think it will need to move to a more socialist kind of system. Government is going to have to start saying, look, we can't spend money on whatever is not essential. We need we need food, we need medicine, and those have always been the essential things. Those have always been the things where most money should have been spent, but mm. governments haven't spent money on that. They've spent money on military stuff and whatever, fancy conferences and whatever, to promote the country image or even tourism, oh, it's good for the economy. But now it's down to basics, human life and, uh, I mean, education as well, I guess, education, food, medicine, those are the, the main yeah. things. And all the available money needs to be spent on that and to save people who are going to lose everything. It's, it's yeah, quite astonishing, right. actually, that it's not going to be, it's not like a few people, like some catastrophe happens on Wall Streets and investors lose this, but all these businesses, I mean, like, it's incredible. A lot of people are just going to lose everything. It's, yeah, sure, man. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that the government uh, gets its priorities right and uh, supports the people that need it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's that for a conversation killer? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, see ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen, and so I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but it's it's really great to chat, and I'm sure we'll check in again with one another. And uh, good luck with what what you guys are busy with uh, with your sabbatical and the interviews you're going to have in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if there's like a comments thing, I can send you the link for the the Zoom sessions every day at seven. If people want to okay. check that out. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, put that nice. in the show notes uh, for anyone that 
wants to get involved with the mindfulness stuff. Because look, I mean, I, I've I've uh, started um, meditating on a regular basis, probably for the last eighteen months, two years, and I've just found it just um, in my ability to be able to reframe situations has been a lot easier. Mm. In other words, like you say, I can take a step back and see what's actually happening. And that just helps me deal with the situation. You know, I'm not like in it, but I have the ability to step away from it, be able to see, you know, look at it sensibly and be able to, you know, change my, change my thought pattern, you know, think about stuff clearly. Mm. Um, yeah. Are you, are you using an app? Yeah. So I started off with, uh, with Headspace and uh, went through the, the whole sort of training, you know, the like basic course, you know, the level one and two went up to the advanced one and two. And then uh, then so I switched over to uh, Sam Harris's um, uh, meditation app, which is waking up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I oh. try to do that as often as I can. Try and do it 10 minutes every day. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, this also, it's the, this, the whole move of staying indoors is there's definitely a positive uh, potential there for us to go a little bit more into ourselves and not always be pushing outwards and projecting and being so busy. Even though we are connected to our devices, we are going to be spending a lot more time with ourselves and with our our very close people that we've, if we've got partners or, or families. It's going to be a lot of time <laughs> in a very yeah. close space for a lot of mm-hmm. people. And I mean, and people on their own as well. It's it's an opportunity to to do these things like reflect and write and uh, think and meditate and uh, practice an instrument that you haven't practiced for a while or do some journaling or some art kind of creative things that come from inside you know exploring the inner world or the inner life uh, so that's an that's an incredible opportunity I think not to always be spending our energy and our focus on busyness outside. Um, geographically yeah. but to have sure to, to take some time a day to be in our own space and to put some effort into a personal project that we've uh, always wanted to to look at but never had the time for sure or we thought we didn't have the time for because yeah. i mean it's just like you just change the priority and all of a sudden you've got the time you know it's yeah i think it's amazing how how, how we have that sort of paradigm shift when there's a big event that causes us to change the way that we do things. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. So there's an opportunity, I think, for, for, yeah. for reshaping the way uh, relationships work or are we working with our own uh, emotions and minds and the way governments work. It's quite exciting on one level. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Anton, thanks very cool, much. Man. Okay, well, uh, We'll chat again soon. Nice to meet you. Let's see you. Yeah, likewise, man. And good luck with everything. Thanks a lot, eh? Cool, man. Cheers. Ciao. So, thanks for joining me on this episode. And check out for the next episode. I'm going to be checking in with a couple of my friends around the world. Like I said, um, I'll probably uh, release another one in another day or two. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>